welcome back to the When I Heard This podcast. Uh, this is episode two. We actually made it to a second one. We didn't give up after the first one. We didn't. We are here, bro. Uh, my name is Nate Robinsoff, and I am with Joseph Tillman. How are you, Joseph? I'm good, bro. I'm I'm pumped we made it to episode two. It's like a big accomplishment, right? It seems like a big accomplishment. I don't know if it really is, but it feels that way. Lots of people do this. It's probably not that big of a deal. Uh, probably not. Um, today, we are going to be talking about... I, I was trying to figure out how to describe it or like come up with a title for today's episode, right. and I just called it The Evangelism Problem because I felt like that's what we talked about in the first episode, which was... There's an issue with it. Sure. People don't do it Sure. in the church, and what we really need to do is get back to that. Right. So that's sort of what led us into this conversation today. Right. But I think the evangelism problem is going to be an interesting—I think the phrasing is interesting, right? Because right. there's a myriad of levels of degrees of problems. Right. Okay. So that's going to be fun. <laughs> okay. So getting right into it, Joseph— what is evangelism? Why do Christians do it? Why does anyone care? What's the big deal? What's going on? <laughs> right. So just plainly said, evangelism is sharing the gospel. And I guess I should probably define gospel since that's the crux of evangelism. Mm-hmm. And so by gospel, I just simply mean that Jesus Christ came, that he died on the cross, that he rose from the grave, and that he needed to come because even though God made everything good, human beings began doing wrong things. And so in in our wrongness, if you want to put it that way, um, and the things that we did that were unloving toward God and unloving toward creation and unloving toward one another— then it created this separation from us and God because God is a God who's never done anything wrong, right? And so he's fully loving. He's fully loving toward himself, toward others, toward creation. And so there's a separation. And so Christ had to come and take on the sin, quote-unquote, the things we've done wrong, said wrong, thought wrong, the actions that we have committed that were unloving. And he took all those things upon himself and died on the cross so that we actually could be reconciled to God, who's never done anything wrong. And so the only way, basically, for us to be okay with God was for God to come and make a way for that to happen. And so the gospel then is basically saying, hey, individuals or all creation that was made, God deems you as valuable. You've done things wrong and separated yourself from God, who's never done anything wrong. Jesus Christ came and died on the cross because God still saw you as valuable. And so that all the things you've done wrong, said wrong, thought wrong, put upon Jesus. He died on the cross, rose from the grave, defeating the power of sin, defeating the consequence of death, so that we could actually have a relationship with God again. And and that's probably a really long-winded answer to gospel. That was a lot of... uh churchy sounding stuff yeah i feel like i need to redo that to be honest with you no it was fine okay um so just let me tell the joke at the end and make it better (laughs) (laughs) we can do that (laughs) so all right so yeah so evangelism then is sharing about jesus how about put it that way okay simple answer evangelism is sharing about jesus and why do people do it um i think that's there's, there's a variety of reasons of why people actually do evangelism. And it can range from doing so because church leaders have told them to, whether that's inspiring them to or guilting them into doing it. Um, 
And then I think there's it goes all the way to the other way of individuals sincerely desiring for others to know about Jesus. And so that's why they do it. Why should they do it? As why should they do it? It's probably a, a, a really big question, right? Why should they do it? And so in Matthew 28, and verses 19 through 20, right before Jesus ascends to, or to go to be with the Father after he has risen from the dead, he tells his disciples to go and make other disciples, Okay. Well, the only way to go and make other disciples is to tell them about who Jesus is. And then in 1 Timothy 2.3, so we see a biblical mandate for it, but in 1 Timothy 2.3, it actually says that God desires everyone to be saved. And so why should they do it is because, one, there's a Jesus implores us to because of his desire that all should know him and that none should be separated from him. So that's why Christians should evangelize. But I think as we spoke about last episode, the reality is that most do not. Okay. Okay. So give me an example. Several years ago, the Southern Baptist convention did a research survey and they reported that on average, a regular member of the Southern Baptist convention would only share their faith once every 25 years. So that's probably about three times in the course of their lives. I've done it more than that. Right. So I don't know what we want to say about that. Whatever way I've (laughs) done it. Yeah. So I think that the reality is that most people just simply aren't sharing their faith. And so I think that is, for me, that is one of the primary problems with evangelism. And, okay, so leading into what we're getting into, why do you think people don't do that? One, I don't think they know how. I think there's just a, if I don't know how to do something, I'm probably not going to do it. Mm -hmm. And I don't think there's a, they don't feel comfortable, right? Knowing how to share their faith. And so I think that's one reason. But then I think there's another reason of why they do not do it is because they don't feel any type. They've never been told that they have to go and do it Um, in a large church is supposed to do it. Yeah. The church, the pastor will do it. The preacher will do it. Or we simply just invite them to church, and that's good enough. And then once we get them to church, then the preacher or the pastor oh, right, will okay. share the gospel with them in that setting. Okay. Yeah. So I think those are probably the, the two biggest reasons. One, I don't know how to. Second, I didn't know I was supposed to. I just was told to invite them people to church. So a lot of pressure on the pastors then. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yes. As the pastor, <laughs> I can say that. Right. Okay. So I think in my notes here, when I was ranting about this basically there was a little bit of a ranting going on but i was okay with the ranting let's call it that the reason we are here is because joseph will listen to my rants and then respond to them and that's why this thing exists at all right i've been doing this for a long time so this is not something new for me to listen to your rants (laughs) okay so i think i conflated like the way christians portray themselves Uh but also i feel like that's that is something that Christians think is a way of evangelizing in the way I outwardly portray myself. Otherwise, why would anybody know that I'm a Christian if I'm not wearing a Jesus is my boy t-shirt and waving a sign on the side of the road? Yeah, yeah. And so how would they 
anyway, that's my that's a nutshell. But anyway, I have real issues with the way Christians go about it. Um, because my main reason is because I think people, normal people, normal people, I Quote, think yeah. non-Christian people out in the world see Christians acting in weird ways in order to bring people to Christ more often of the time than they see actual love okay. from the Christian community. Okay. So you can tell me I'm wrong, but we'll, this is... We'll, we'll get to that. I'm going to let you yeah. go on your rant. I also find it interesting that you've you've uh, defined normal people as yeah. those who are not Christians. Right. That's we, That could be a whole different okay. topic. Right. Um, what I see is people using tracks, wearing T-shirts on the side of the road with megaphones. Right signs, hey, let us come pray for you or whatever. Sure. And or just sitting there with a megaphone screaming at people <laughs> that they're going to hell. At college, there was people in the the main place just yeah. standing there with megaphones and signs like, You're going to hell. Like you right. I can tell that you fornicated last R- night and stuff I mean literally stuff like that. Oh yeah, we had it we had it at the school that I went to as well, just in the in the main campus student center mm-hmm. area. Yeah, you get you had people just yelling and screaming mm-hmm. all and the it's time. All types of different Christian groups doing it for different reasons and people think that works. I've also been given tracks while I was working at places, mm-hmm. and I'm like, "What? You know, did, did you look at me and think I needed Jesus? Like, is that is that what happened?" And I think stuff like that, and door to door, like, get out of my house. I, <laughs> why are you on my property? One time, these uh, Jehovah's Witnesses came to the house, mm-hmm. and I entertained them for about thirty minutes, and. They brought their entire family back in a minivan about four times. And I told my mom, I was like, I'm not home. <laughs> and like that much. Like, right. Anyway, no, that was you. me. I hear you. That was me back in the then. Like, um, so I think all of this is, it feels to me like I'm trying to score points with Jesus. Okay. Instead of I actually care about people. Yeah. And I think when events like let's go door to door or mm-hmm. let's go stand on the side of the road and try to get people to be Christians, I think those church events invite the kind of people that think they're trying to score Jesus points okay. more often of the time when churches do it when it's organized or whatever, when right. churches do it. And I think that's what happens. And because of only seeing that happen that way all the time, I've never seen the normal way happen. Okay. Or whatever the normal way is. Or if there's what, I don't know the right way to do it. Okay. No okay. idea. The okay. only way I've ever seen it working is when some crazy nut wants to debate okay yeah like hey i'm a wiccan want to do tarot cards and i have to say no and give a reason (laughs) you know what i mean (laughs) right and so that's probably i probably messed up the the lore on that (laughs) wiccans probably don't do tarot cards but (laughs) but um 
but yeah, so I have to give a reason, then it goes into a whole long thing, and I have to explain myself, and and I think I do a good job. Right. But that's the only way I've ever figured out how to evangelize, and which you have, when you're debating with those types of people, you have to get down to all the way nitty gritty, otherwise sure. they're not going to, otherwise you, no. Right, so have you ever had someone evangelize to you, like personally, so not, like, not from a megaphone or not from, you know, uh, just handing you a track. Like, has someone just, like, ever approached you and just been like, hey, man, can I share the gospel with you? Or you've, you've gotten to know them for a while and whatever. Um, maybe when you were in college as a classmate, you sat with them for a minute. And then after, I don't know, how many ever weeks, they share the gospel with you. Did that ever Has that ever happened? No. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah, I, I think your experience with that is... Most people's experience. I don't think most people have had someone come up and just share the gospel with them in a clear way that wasn't a debate, that wasn't a, right. an event, you know. Based on everything that I just, based on this rant, right? what what are your thoughts as a pastor? Am I right or wrong or kind of right, kind of wrong or? Yeah, so I, I think that I agree with you. That there are both wrong methods and wrong motives in sharing the gospel. So I think those two things were what was highlighted to me when I was listening to you was there's methods going on and there's motives going on. Okay. And so I think that you're right. There's some methods that are just flat out wrong, some motives that are just flat out wrong in the way that we approach sharing the gospel. Um, motives should always be we love God and we love others. That should be the motive of why we want to share our Christian faith or the fact that Jesus has done something really remarkable in my life, transformed my life. And I want someone to know, I want others to know what Jesus has done in my life. So kind of going back to the example that you use, the campus preacher. So I don't know about where the school you went to, but at ours, there was this group that would come through maybe like three to four times a year and they were known as the campus preachers and they literally would rotate from campus to campus. And this is like all they did was just go there and yell and scream. And just like you said, they'd have signs and megaphones and they're yelling at everyone that they're, you know, fornicators and they're going to hell. Okay. And so we saw all this at school and our campus ministry decided we've got to, we, we have to present a different picture of the gospel being presented to people. Like, we have to present a different side of Jesus, of God, okay? Because we felt like the one that was being portrayed was not a, not a, not a great picture of who God was. Mm. And so we actually—so at UGA, there's this um, open-air platform, okay, that's in the student center that— Anyone can stand up and say anything they want to say at any point in time. So there was no censorship. You didn't have to reserve it. You just stood up there and just yelled whatever you wanted to yell. So it's constantly open mic night up there. <laughs> Correct. Okay. Constantly. And so that's where these campus preachers would go to, right? They'd go stand up on the stage and they would just constantly, you know, they're just, you know, doing their thing. And so we were like, well, we've got to have a better um presentation of who God is in the gospel. So they, they, the campus ministry decided a few of us would get together and, or they asked a few of us, would you be willing to, to preach from that open air platform? And so we did. 
And the way that the way that we approached it was one of us would get up there. And so, for example, I'd get up there and I would just give a basic kind of quote unquote message of, you know, who is Jesus? Right. Just answering the question, who's Jesus? And just as and if you don't know, my voice carries a little bit. So I could be really loud. And within a matter of five, 10 minutes, we'd have like 250 people gathered around listening to what I was, what I was being loud about in my presentation, just so I could get people gathered, right? So my voice is carrying and we would gather up, I don't know, maybe 50 people from our campus ministry and they would like go throughout the, um, the, the audience that would gather. Cause again, we'd have like 200, 250 people gathered in just no time to listen to whatever I was saying. And so I'm sharing about who Jesus is. And we have other individuals from the campus ministry, and they're just standing around going, hey, what do you think about what this guy is saying? And just striking up conversations. And to be honest with you, I was kind of more just the point man to, I mean, share a faithful, good message, but also because my voice carried so much to gather people mm-hmm. and allow others to then really converse with them. And then I can converse with them afterwards. And so we wanted to show that, man, there's Jesus and the gospel really, Jesus is true. The gospel is a, is a gospel of love. And we want to present this different side. And so I think the, the method was we're still going to stand up here on the stage, but we're going to have a different motive. Instead of shaming people, into the kingdom. We want to invite people into the kingdom through relationship with Jesus. And so I will say that. Um, and then I'll also say, you know, you mentioned the idea of like, you know, you're yelling at people, they're just going to hell. Right. And I do think that those screaming heaven or hell is not the best way to approach things. I think there is a reality of eternity that we cannot shy away from. Mm-hmm. The reality is that after we die, we are going to heaven or we are going to hell. And so the issue of heaven and hell is real and probably a good topic for a future podcast. So we don't have to go down that rabbit, you know, all today. <laughs> but I do think that like when I first got saved, I don't know where I got this from. I just started telling people they were going to hell. Like I don't even know where I got that from because that was not the way it was that the gospel was presented to me. Mm-hmm. And so I think what I was concerned about was, oh, no, my friends are going to go to hell if they don't know Jesus. So that's what I was telling them. I was just like, hey, I don't want you to die and go to hell, but you don't know Jesus, so right now you're going to hell if you were to die. And like, I just didn't know really how to convey the gospel in a probably more positive way. And so, But I do think that that grip of, oh, no, I don't want friends, people I love, mm-hmm. to go to hell, I think that's a, that's a reality. You know, I think we can't shy away from the, the reality of eternity. The motive should be love. The motive should be love for God and love for others. And I do think that should always be the motive, but I do think the methods probably change depending on culture. In in some cultures, standing out on a street corner with a megaphone is not seen as offensive. Right. In the American culture, pretty offensive. You know? So I I do think we have to be somewhat culturally sensitive. Okay. Yeah. In regards to methods. So when people are doing stuff like that on the side of the at, at campus, yeah. Why do they do that? Like, what what compels them to do things the wrong wrong way? Like, where is that coming from? Why is that? Why does that exist? Man, you know, I think there's one side of it that's just anger. Okay, and it's and it's a 
It's an interesting way of how they got to that point of anger. I think they see it as individuals disrespecting God by not loving him or not following him. Okay. And so they're mad that they're, that they're not honoring God. And so then they yell at them in anger over the fact that they're not honoring God, as if that's going to somehow turn them toward God. So I think that's probably one motive for individuals. You know, they just get angry that people are not honoring God. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to yell about the things that you're doing that are not honoring God, hoping that you'll repent and then start honoring God. Um, so I think that's that's one reason. I think another is just that that's more than likely what they saw with their experience in their church. That's what they do. So that's what they're going to keep doing. And so they kind of just are, you know, continuing to cycle that, you know, that method or that motive, from, you know, kind of from, from generation to generation in that church. Mm. So, yeah, a couple thoughts. What is there anything in the Bible that tells us how to do this? Tells us the how? Tells us how or tells us, not why, but tells us the right way to do this. Yeah, sure. So the word evangelism is actually not used a lot in Scripture, okay? So it's not the word itself. It's not used a lot. Um, And we derive that word from the Greek word that means to share a message, okay? And so, but let me address it biblically real quick, and and then from a few biblical passages, and then kind of extrapolate out from those passages. Okay. Okay. So first, Jesus is actually the one who introduces evangelism, if you were. So Jesus is the one who introduces it in the sense of, it says that in, so in Mark chapter one, it says that Jesus went to Galilee. So chapter one, verse 14, Jesus went to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. So that's Jesus' introduction, okay, if you were, um, to humanity as the as an individual that is now proclaiming this gospel, okay? And then just a couple of chapters later, so in Mark 3, verse 14, he gathers up 12 people to follow him, to be with him. And he tells them that one of the purposes for them to be with him is so that they that he may send them out to proclaim the gospel. All right, and then so he's, then he sends out the twelve. We can see that in Matthew ten seven and eight. He actually sends out the twelve, instructed them, proclaim the kingdom, telling people to repent. And then we see this after Jesus ascends, Peter continuing to to live this out. So in Acts two. And you could go through a different, a lot of different passages in the book of Acts, which records moments of the early church where they're presenting the gospel to people and telling the individuals that they need to believe in Jesus and repent. And so I guess what I would say is, though the word evangelism is not used a lot, it there is a couple of principles that seem to be at play here. And one of them is that the gospel has to be actually spoken, has to be actually set, okay? Mm -hmm. And so you may have heard this phrase before, at least I have in some of the Christian circles I run in, preach Jesus, use words if necessary. 
And it's a complete contradiction in and of itself because the word they're using there to preach or proclaim, we find in Scripture, is derived from the idea, the word of to herald, okay? And so it's words have to be used. And so to evangelize is to speak or proclaim to herald, and good deeds can accompany these words. Signs and wonders can accompany these words, but there still must be a clear presentation of the gospel, Okay, and then second, um, it's the gospel that's being shared. And what I mean by that is we don't want to get this idea of we want to just recruit people into a religion. Mm-hmm. That's not what it's about. It's not trying to get people into the church I pastor, right? It's just simply trying to introduce individuals to Jesus and offer and offer them a way to actually enter into that relationship with Jesus or relationship with God. And then, and I, I realize this is probably not going to be the most popular word in the world to use right now, but repentance or to repent must be part of the response of one who wants to begin following Jesus. So what you see throughout Scripture is this idea of beginning with Jesus and going through Scripture with his disciples is that there's two components in response to the gospel, to believe and to repent. And so we must share that with individuals, believe in God and repent. So we must, by repentance, what I'm meaning is, we must repent of how we've been living, meaning living apart from God, okay? And living how we saw or how we thought was best. And we repent from that and we say, God, I'm not going to go that way. I'm going to go your way. And so I'm going to begin to live for and with Jesus. So the gospel message should always hold a sense of belief and a sense of repent. And, and to me, when I look at Scripture, that's what I derive in a, in a way to approach evangelism. So back then, Jesus had just been there, mm-hmm. and nobody, nobody actually knew who we—I mean, not nobody, but like a lot of people didn't know who he was or that he was there or any sure. of that. Sure. So going and telling people of something they've never heard of was a, a different task— than you and I in America where every single person here mm-hmm. has heard of who Jesus was right. and has, my my thoughts are, sure. have said, yeah, let's do this Jesus thing or let's not do this Jesus thing already. Yeah, I, I and, guess I guess where I would, I'd kind of kick back against that a little bit uh-huh. is that I think people know some of the stories about Jesus, mm-hmm. but I... I don't think most people have actually heard a clear presentation of the gospel. Okay. And I don't think most people actually know really much about Jesus. Okay. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that people, there are not people that, out there that don't. And I don't think, and I don't think you have to be a Bible scholar by any means. Mm-hmm. But all I'm saying is, I think people know some stories, know, have some ideas, have some thoughts, have been to church some. Right, and they've derived their thoughts of who Jesus is based upon those few mm-hmm. encounters, and or maybe they've come across the the campus preacher who's just yelling and mm-hmm. screaming at them, and so I guess I would say that I I actually think there's a lot of people who just really have never heard. 
that there is a gospel of forgiveness and there's a gospel of Jesus that is the fact that he wants to be with you and this is how. Mm. Okay. So. so how do you, what's the method you use to, to, I mean, I guess sharing the gospel, but when somebody already has heard of Jesus before but not heard the message and right. think all the people they've seen are crazy, how do you... It seems like a harder flip over than yeah, sure. going from you've just never heard this story before. Right. And here's the story as I want to present it. Now you have to to get them over, <laughs> you know, get them over the hill, I guess. Yeah, so yeah. what what how do you do it as a pastor or mm-hmm. I guess first like what is the institutional church's current approach to it? Okay. So, given the context, I guess. Right. Yeah, I got you. I think we've addressed. You know, we've talked about some of the methods that's been used over time. Right, mm-hmm. handing out tracks. Um, there's other, you know, little methods that have been created. You know, to help people share the gospel. You know, there's the, you know, even using social media now right. has become a thing. I forgot um, to bring that up in my yeah. rant. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, we I mean, as Christians aren't Christianing enough. <laughs> we need to go Christian harder. <laughs> rise up, rise up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, okay. I mean, yeah. Using social media, you know. But I would say as a whole, there's really not been an approach with which encouraged individuals to go and share the gospel, which is what I kind of alluded to a second ago. Most people have never heard a clear presentation of the gospel because. Mm-hmm. Other so Christians aren't even being really encouraged to go and share the gospel, much less told how to go do it. Right, given encouragement of how to do it, and so I don't think there's been really this intentional, you know, approach of say of to of asking individuals go share your faith. I think the most intentional approach we've had is the approach of invitation. Right, so church, yeah, exactly. So inviting people to come to church on Sunday morning or come to an event the church is having. um, Get them in here. We need their money. I hope it's not that. (laughs) I hope it's not that. But I'm also not going to sit here and say that doesn't happen. Okay, okay. I know that does happen, and that makes me want to throw up. To be honest with you, Um, so it's this you know invitation style evangelism that really to me is. What we alluded to a little bit last week that I think is failing. Okay, it's like if we try to make the church really attractive, quote unquote, mm. appealing to individuals to come in and to be entertained, um, I think that really just falls short. And mm. I don't think we're ever really going to see major traction because I don't think most people are just going to enter the doorway of a church who've, you know, either one, have never done so, or two, grew up going to church as a kid and don't find it relative to their life anymore, right? right? So why would they go back because you're having um, a concert with some very average music being played? (laughs) (laughs) So I I think that's—so I I just don't think—and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with inviting people to church, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that's wrong, what I'm saying is there needs to also be this intentional approach to train and inspire others. So like for me as a pastor, I've got to train and inspire our congregation to go and share their faith with their family, with their friends, their coworkers, you know, individuals they meet that they're, you know, 
um, individuals that are, you know, parents of, you know, kids that their kids are playing, you know, sports with or whatever. So I think that as a pastor, I, as, and as church leaders, we have to be more intentional of training up and inspiring and encouraging people in our churches to go share their faith, which I think as a, on the large has not been happening. When you're, when you're telling people to, from the pulpit, Sure. When you're telling people to do this, what do you tell them? Okay. Yeah. So I've, <laughs> I've been using the same method for about, about a decade. And so it, for me, well, I guess before I get to the method, can I get to the motive? Yes. Let me, let me, let me deal with yeah. the motive first. So the motive, the motive for me is that I actually want people to know God's heart for humanity. And it, I think that actually, in some ways, probably connects with even an understanding of the Bible and what it means to be a follower of Jesus. So for ex- what I mean by that is the Bible, from from the very first chapter of the first book of the Bible mm-hmm. to the last chapter of the last book of the Bible, is one large meta-narrative or grand mm-hmm. story, right? The, and that story from beginning to end is simply this, that God wants to be with the people whom he has created. Mm. That's the story that is overarching. So the Bible is not just this collection of random thoughts and ideas. You know, it's not just a, um, (laughs) I've heard someone use the phrase, the Bible stands for basic instructions before leaving earth. And I'm like, oh, that's just terrible. And, (laughs) And so I think it's so much more than that. And it's this incredible story. It's really one large story of God's heart for his creation. Mm -hmm. And so I first want people to connect with and to know that God has a heart for all the individuals he's ever created. Like, and, and so that's a fundamental part of who God is as a creator and that he wants his creation to be with him. So we should want that as well as followers of God, as followers of Jesus. And so being part of a disciple of a disciple, being part of a follower of Jesus is to actually go out and be a disciple maker, go make disciples. Um, and to do so will entail sharing the gospel. Mm-hmm. Right. And so i that's to me, like starting with the motive part of it. And that, you know, again, quoting that first Timothy two, three, that God's heart really is for all of his creation to be saved, mm. to know him. And so, and then I think we need to, pastors need to give their people a, an actual method of how to share the gospel. Mm. I think, like, I think if you ask the average person, can you tell me the gospel? They're just going to look at you blankly mm. or they'll stumble over words, right. right? So when I was in college, I was asked this question by our campus pastor. I was a sophomore in college and known Jesus for like, um, I guess like two and a half years at this point. And my campus pastor said, Joe, uh, can you give me the gospel in one minute? Go. And he was doing it because I was about to go out as a ministry leader, and he wanted to make sure I could at least share the gospel. For God so loved the world that he gives only begotten Son. Right. I could have quoted John 3.16. <laughs> I just went fully blank, right? right? Uh, and I just sat there, and he's, like, timing me, and I'm like, uh, so Jesus, so there was this Jesus guy, mm-hmm. and, and he came, and 
And I just stumbled over words for the rest of it. And finally, it was like, I have no idea. This guy Jesus came like billions of years ago, I think. <laughs> Something like that. And so Maybe trillions. <laughs> it was a long time ago. A long it's time. A long time ago. Um, and so I was... I, I didn't have a clue of how to share the gospel, right? And I was being asked to go, be, you know, serve as a ministry leader in this area, and I I had no idea how to share the gospel. I think most people don't know how to share the gospel, to be honest with you, and because they've never been given some form of a way of 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 how to clearly state it, mm-hmm. how to put it into you know a few uh, you know a few sentences that can be said within you know thirty seconds to a minute, mm-hmm. you know, and not that. It, Speed is the object of it, but you should be able to clearly state the gospel. And so, um, so I, I personally have been, you know, using a, a particular method for about the last decade. And for me, it's it's a it's just a it's like a simple bracelet, and it's got four pictures on it. Yeah, you've got one on right I've now. Got one on right now. <laughs> I actually left mine at the house, so you're probably a better Christian than me right now. <laughs> you're you're Christianing better than I am today. Zing. <laughs> so, um, and you've got two, so I'm got really two. I'm really just done for. All right, so, but there's this there's this bracelet, and it's got four pictures on it, and the four pictures are just a diamond, a box where half the box is white, half the box is black. A hand with a hole through the through the hand, and then two hands holding together. So that's the four pictures. And I've been training our people for the last decade or so using this method to share the gospel in four pictures with someone. Mm-hmm. And the reason I think the pictures are beneficial is because people like it. Just gives a it helps both the individual hearing and the and the individual sharing. It keeps the it gives the individual who is sharing an idea of how to explain the gospel using four pictures. That that diamond is you're so that God created with you with value. That second picture there's a box there, half of it's white, half of it's black and that we have never done or God's never done anything wrong, so he's in the light. Mm. We have done things wrong and it's put us in the dark, separating us from God. And that if we are separated from God in this life, we will be separated from God in the next life. And then there's the third picture of the hand with, with the hole in the middle, in the palm, which is signifying Jesus on the cross. And it's saying that even though we've done these things wrong that have separated us from God, he still saw us as valuable, still saw us as creation worthy to be loved. And so he sent his own son to die for us and to take our place on the cross, and so that we would not have to be separated from him if we chose to you know, recognize the fact we've done things that have separated us from a God who's never done anything wrong, if we were to ask for forgiveness and say, God, I'm sorry, and then you know, believe that Jesus actually is God, that he did come and die on the cross, rise from the grave, and then, then we could take God's hand in friendship, mm. and we could be with him, and and so I think that's just a simple method that allows the individual sharing it to clearly say it, but also individuals who are hearing it, they can see it, picture it. You know, we're such a visual culture, you know, more now than we are an oral culture. So mm-hmm. we're such a visual culture that I think that having pictures just helps individuals connect to what's being said. And so that's just what I've been using for about the past decade. Okay, I have a, a, a question. Okay. All right. So you said that when you first started as a Christian, you 
were telling people to go to hell. Or no, not to go to hell. You were telling people that they were going to go to hell. Right. And that that probably was not a good way to be doing that. Sure. So what do you tell, as a pastor, what do you tell your people who are doing it the wrong way? Like, do you tell them to stop? Anyway, yeah. Yeah. That's the question. Yeah. So I think... So here's where the heaven and hell issue comes up in particular, Okay. okay? So the... The second picture on that bracelet that I just mentioned is the box that it, it involves our being separated from God, mm-hmm. right? And that's what hell is. It's just eternal separation from God, mm-hmm. okay? And so if people are using kind of like the, the you're going to hell method, right? Mm-hmm. Get saved or, or you know, you're going to hell. What I would say is you're starting, you're starting in the wrong place. Okay. The starting in the in the right place would be starting in starting with the diamond that God actually created you with value that God created individuals all His creation with value and that He loves them and actually desires to be in a relationship with them He desires mm-hmm. to not be separated from them and so I think so often we start in the wrong place and mm-hmm. so. Uh, for any Christians out there listening to this, this would be, you know, kind of, a, you could say, we're going to start in Genesis 1, not just in Genesis 3 when man fell. Mm-hmm. And so we want to start with creation and God saying, it's good, as opposed to just going, you've fallen, you're a sinner, you're going to hell. And, and I think that's, so we start at the wrong point. So what I hear you saying is that a lot of Christians share the gospel, but they don't share the entire gospel when they do it, and that that's a problem. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I think sharing, because it's interesting, because Paul actually says in one of his letters that as long as individuals are sharing the gospel, almost like regardless of motive, at least they're sharing the gospel. Um, And I'm not saying he was rah-rah in favor of it, but at least they're sharing the gospel. But I do think when you distort the gospel, and now you're presenting just a false gospel, okay? okay? So now it's not just that the motive is wrong, but now the gospel is off. So you're saying leaving things out is basically lying to people about what it is. Yeah, I think so. I think we got to tell them the whole story. Right, okay. Yeah. Because if we don't, we're doing a a crazy injustice, Mm -hmm. right? Because like... It would be like me also saying the other flip flip side of that, right? So you've got the some people just screaming, yelling, Mm. you're going to hell. But the other side of that is like the other extreme of if you just say this prayer when you're eight years old or 16 years old or 58 years old, right? This one prayer Mm -hmm. of asking Jesus into your heart, then you're good. For the rest of your life, you're good. You can go do whatever you want to do. Yeah, but Jesus liked that guy in the Bible. What do you what what guy in the Bible? The the guy on the cross next to him that yeah was a criminal and didn't do anything good his whole life and then was just like hey bro and then Jesus was like see you later <laughs> and by see you later you mean he in said heaven. yeah I'll see you yeah. later in heaven yeah but the guy was there was there was confession there right okay and he didn't have like there was no other extra time in his life I mean the dude was hanging <laughs> on a cross he was dying within a matter of hours so um, but yeah I think that there's an issue when we just tell people hey 
God loves you so much. Just say this one prayer, and then it's all good. Mm. And then God's love will just take care of the rest. You can go live however you want to live. I think that's a false gospel, too. And yeah. so I think that I, I do think that there's a, a way of presenting the gospel, and it's to be truthful on all points and not hold something back because we want to make it more palatable to people, you know, or leave things out. And then, unfortunately, it's not just more palatable to people. It's like less palatable because you're just crushing them with shame and condemnation. So the people that don't care do it anyway. Like the the people who, who you just said Paul said it. Yeah, yeah. Where he said it. Almost like regardless of motive. Yeah, Yeah. regardless of motive, at least they're doing something. What are your thoughts about that and what, like... Yeah. I I mean, obviously, you want people's motives to be right. Right. Okay? But if they're sharing the gospel and someone comes to know Christ through that gospel, regardless of the messenger's motive, I I mean, thank God the individual came to know Christ. Um, But if we're talking about... The, the, the motive of, man, we're trying to, you know, fill seats in this auditorium or in this, mm-hmm. you know, room so we can, you know, not just pay the bills, but we can have excess or whatever, or regardless, or even just to pay the bills. I, I think anytime the, it's about money, it's wrong. Okay. And to me, Jesus is really clear about this. Um, so in Matthew 10, actually, Jesus has this statement when when he's telling people to go and to proclaim the gospel, he says, freely you received, freely give. Don't acquire gold, silver, or copper from for your money belts. In other words, don't don't take anything. This gospel was freely given to you. You shouldn't charge for it. So Jesus was pretty clear on that. And so I think we should have a clear line on that as well Mm -hmm. we don't want to charge for the gospel that's that's terrible organized evangelism through church okay yeah your thoughts on that should that happen Mm -hmm. or should it be like should it be organized okay yeah so you're saying like should it be organized or just organic right right um i think there's a place for organized evangelism Okay. I think there's a place for, all right, we're going to gather together, and then we're going to all go out, and we're going to share the gospel with people. And whether that be in the streets, whether that be door-to-door, I'm, I'm actually fine with that. And I know that's going to put off some people because mm-hmm. they're like, well, then what makes you any different than, a, you know, than an, another group that does that, right? right? And, um, and I just want to say that we have a responsibility as Christians— to share the gospel. Um, and that passage I just read in Matthew 10, actually Jesus is telling the 12, go into villages, share the gospel. If they don't receive it at the house, move on to the next house. And so I think there's a big um, call and charge from us to go and to share the gospel. And so I don't, I don't mind the organized event that is going out. I would not want that to be the only time people share their faith, mm-hmm. but I don't mind that happening at all. How does one whose motives are pure deal with the cloud of bad motives and bad methods out there as a Christian? Yeah. Well, first of all, we acknowledge it, 
Okay. Right? Like, so I'm a pastor. Mm-hmm. I'm not afraid to acknowledge publicly or from the pulpit or wherever that there's bad methods, there's bad motives mm-hmm. out there in the church and the way that we go about sharing the gospel or not sharing the gospel. Um, and so I think we acknowledge it. and But then I don't think we allow that to dissuade us from going and doing it the right way with the right motive. Okay. And so I don't want someone who is you know, doing it wrong or wrong method, wrong motive or both to dissuade me from going and doing it right way with the right motive. Mm. And so, um, and when people bring up the idea that, Hey, I am put off by Christianity because I had this bad experience with this wrong motive or wrong method of evangelism. I'm, I'm just want to say, I'm like, I'm not going to deny that. Like, mm. yeah, I'm sorry. Like that sucks. You know, that you had to experience that, and I'm sorry you're hurt because of that, or just, or not maybe mean any hurt, but just put off by it. And, but it still doesn't dissuade me from sharing the gospel. I'm still going to share the gospel. And um, I want people to, to hear the, the fact that God is real, that He does want to have a relationship with them, and here's how. And so, I understand there's all the noise around whether, again, on all the different social media platforms or just in your own personal experiences with people, you can have bad experiences with Christians, again, doing it with wrong methods or wrong motives. But I don't want that to ever dissuade me or I wouldn't want that to dissuade our congregation from sharing the gospel. Because reality is people still need to hear the true gospel. Mm how do I know I'm doing it for the right reasons or the wrong reasons? Uh, I think it's about, am I doing it just to gain something, right? Do I, what do I get? Am I trying to do this because I get something out of it? Mm-hmm. Whatever that getting something out of it is. Or am I doing it because I know God, God's heart is for the people, so therefore I want to share. And I know that I've been commanded to go and make disciples, and so it's part of the command that I live out. And so I think to me, it's, am I, I check my motives. Am I, am I loving people, you know, and or am, and I have compassion for people and or am I doing it out of obedience to a command that's been given to me by Jesus? Both of those are perfectly great motives. Mm-hmm. And I think I would hope that as we do it more often because of the command that we will find the compassion for people in the midst of it. I know that was true for me. Um, and I probably come from a place too of like, if someone had not shared the gospel with me, where would I, like, I wouldn't be following the Lord, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so like, and not growing up in church and having someone sharing the gospel with me was huge to transform my whole life. Mm-hmm. And so I guess I'm probably already more predisposed to want to share the gospel with people because I know what it's like to be separated from God and, you know, but I think most people know what it's like to be separated from God, whether you grew up in church or not grew up in church. And, Mm -hmm. and so, but I know for me, coming to know Christ was a life transforming moment. So I want people to have that transforming experience of knowing Jesus and how, and not that everything all of a sudden becomes just great in life. Right. But that there, but, but knowing Jesus really is the best thing that there is on this earth. Okay, uh, one more thing. Okay. I think. All right. Since I never had the experience of having it told to me the right way as if I were on the street and 
somebody came up to me, go. Okay. <laughs> so, Nate, did you know that God made you more valuable than the most valuable diamond on the earth? That you're of value, that you're of worth. That's how God made you. And that God has this incredible passion and love for who you are. And But like me, we've all done things that have, you know, we've, we've done things wrong, thought things wrong, said things wrong, right? And by that, I just mean we've just done things that have been unloving and unkind to people. And by doing those things that are unloving and unkind, it's caused this separation between a God who's never been unloving and never been unkind. And God doesn't want us to remain separated from him. And so even though we are separated from him because of the things we have done wrong or thought wrong or said wrong, that we're just so unloving, even though we've done these things, he still thinks we're valuable and he still thinks we're of worth. And he wants to actually spend all of eternity with us. And so that's why a couple thousand years ago, he sent Jesus Christ to come and to die on the cross for you. So it's like, um, I'm taking my cell phone, I'm putting it in my right hand right now. It's like, if, if this cell phone represents like all the things you've ever done wrong, said wrong, thought wrong, that were on, on you, all of that is transferred over to Jesus. And so now you are completely, there, there's nothing on you, right? So there's, there's nothing that would cause a separation from you and God because all that came upon Jesus, and all you've got to do is believe in who Jesus is, that he is God, that he came down on the cross, that he rose from the grave, and then you trust him, cling unto him, hold unto him, knowing that there's no other means or way to have a relationship with God other than through Jesus. And if you would if you would say, God, I'm sorry for the things I've done that separated from me from you. I believe Jesus is, is who he says he is and died on the cross. And God, I am I no longer want to go my own way, I want to go your way. So God, I just want to I want to just grab hold of your hand in friendship today. That's the gospel, Nate, for you. Well, that was longer than a minute, but I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for critiquing me. Yep, you're welcome. Well, I think I'm good. Thank you for letting me rant. Absolutely. It was a long time coming. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. I've probably said it a hundred times. So this has been the When I Heard This Podcast. We have social media up, and we will be deciding which platform to be taking questions from and how we address those questions. All of that will be coming up soon. And um, thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>